Okay, the, the plane came with Carolyn on it. I have to say that I, I was, was really nervous. I have never been much more nervous in my life. I thought, how can I ever keep an American girl happy out here in the bush like this? No, nothing civilized for her. And anyway, as was the custom, on Tuesday morning, the plane fl flew over and uh, we all ran down to the airport and to meet Carolyn. And I think Carolyn was as nervous <laughs> as I was. <laughs> she, as we walked up to the house, she said, oh, a white painted house. I never dreamed I'd see a white painted <laughs> house. And, uh, and then I offered her a cup of coffee, and I think she drank some, but she really never did drink coffee. So that anyway, then we had fixed up the the little uh, we were calling it a guest house, and it had a little uh, um, a shower room, not an indoor plumbing, but a shower room, and so we. We fixed fixed that up for Carolyn, and she had a bed and a, a table and a clothes closet, and she didn't have very much in the way of facilities, but she made herself at home and, and uh, never complained that I know. But I one thing I can... <laughs> we had that big... Uh, um, iron, a sheet iron tub, bathtub. I don't know who had made it, a big one. And when we... Well, it was from Australia. When we uh, took a bath, it took gallons of water to get any kind of a bath. And uh, I thought maybe it would be good for her to have a, a bath and not a shower the first night. So I told her she could use the bathroom. <laughs> and I didn't think of it. We had painted the inside of the tub pink, so it looked really nice it, and very nice. Well, I knew that you couldn't put boiling water on that paint, but I put hot water on the paint, and the paint <laughs> lifted off the tub. You, you did it? I did it. I thought she had done it. No. So that was um, really a... That a was movie. the end of our painted bathtub. But, is that uh, in the bathroom? Yeah, it's in our bathroom. Uh -huh. And then later, I don't know what we did to that tub. Did somebody else get it? Because uh, we put that shower in, and that was much nicer. That tub took almost that whole reservoir full of water to get a decent bath. Anyway, that's... With the bucket shower, you got a decent bath with... A tea kettle full of hot water, and then filled the bucket with cold water, and got a good shower with not much more than a gallon of water. But that isn't as interesting as how she was received by the people. Yeah, tell them about that. Well, they were—they were, I guess you could almost say, ecstatic, especially the kids. And there was a school already. Yeah, there was a school, but... Um, a Kate school? Yeah. In Milan, I think, was the teacher. Oh, no. Singing? By that time, wasn't it 
Banging Kepi? Yeah, that's right. Banging Kepi had come. But he wasn't an English teacher. But he had tried to teach a little English along with the others, English as a subject. Oh. And, um, he was able to do that. Uh, not very, really able to t teach English, but he was a trained teacher. But then, um, well, first of all, had we started building the no. school before she came? No. We waited till she got there. Yeah. When they and then we built and uh, got the people busy bringing poles and bamboo and kunai and I think within a week or so we had this new schoolhouse ready. I don't know what kind of desks we had in it. I think they made for two yeah. kids each. Yeah, later, but I think we just had the rough benches like benches. I have no idea. It was nothing there was nothing for and them. Dirt, okay. dirt floor. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the walls were half walls mm -hmm. because uh, it was kunai on the walls and and uh, we didn't we didn't feel the need of enclosing the top half no. <clears throat> and, but this we really didn't we think must of have this had a as a permanent yeah we we had a got a blackboard and she had the custom she was her teaching method one of her methods was that she would take an object, uh, say a scissor, and say, this is a scissor, and then she'd put it on the wall so they could see it. That's a scissor. And on and on until she found that, that all her things were disappearing. <laughs> so uh, then she had to change her method a little bit. But uh, uh, I kept on telling her, if if you had ne never had the hope of having a scissor for yourself or a color crayon or a piece of chalk, it, the temptation is is really great. And I think that after a while they didn't pick up things so readily. It was really a, really amazing how that how that worked. Um, I'm, I guess there were misunderstandings, but young kids are are pretty uh, um, good learners, and and they were eager to learn, and and I think she had well, some days she was pretty disappointed, but okay. for the most part she was had a real good attitude and enjoyed it and how many were in her classroom oh i think she must have had 25 25 at least i think we limited it because they said you know they shouldn't have more than so many there are pictures of her with her class in the in the carousels yeah. and how were her, how were they chosen <clears throat> well I can't remember the exact criteria, but they were, this was like starting in first grade, and many of them were like 10, 11, 12 years old. And there lots of them, had, or several of them, had gone to the Kote school, yeah. so they could read Kote. 
and uh, like these, well, decor, and uh, and uh, More and his brother. Were they in the first? Class? I think so, and uh, they were they were big boys, but. Uh, and then, then she had some the the evangelists kids were got preferential treatment too because their father was a missionary and mm -hmm. and uh, and then uh, Umbinke, she she got in later but but that because she was a, a daughter of a teacher and how else did we and some of them were so interested in going that they, you couldn't keep them away. They wanted so much to come. So a few of them were younger, almost the right age, but most well, of them were. Noah was in that first group. Was maybe. he in the first group? First or second? And he I was, think he was in the second group. He was a little boy, about six then. Mm -hmm. um, so. Um, how did that work um, after that first year? Did she keep the same class for two years, or no? She took a new class. And what happened to the old class? Did no, she didn't take a new class. She kept her class, and then they took a new one. Uh, in isn't that was that when? Uh, that's not when Bugian came. I think maybe. No. Because those, they wouldn't have, we wouldn't have sent any, yeah, they did go to Asuroka, Mori and yeah. women. And then she took a new class and they were building the brick house then, the brick schoolhouse. And when, yeah. the, when Carolyn left, just after Carolyn left, the brick schoolhouse was dedicated and put into use, and Marilyn Moore was the first teacher to use that. Um, I don't remember um, how he decided. Well, I, guess, I think uh, Asuroka had sort of a quota allowed each circuit to send a certain number of pupils there for, at first they were, it wasn't a true high school, it was, um, I don't know if they had standard four. That's not when uh, that uh, missionary that had been way up at, at uh, Mild. Yeah, when Reverend Mild was there as the teacher. Yeah, and, and Irene too, wasn't she? Irene was there. Yeah. yeah. Don't remember the exact, but um, Asuroka was started uh, right about that time too. I don't think it was started before the short termers came. No, uh, so they could maybe go there after just one year with Caroline, one year of English school. It must have been they something like that because, because I know they, those two, I mean, those two especially, I remember went to. Yeah. And no, well, no, it was later. later. Yeah. Hmm. It, well, it was, you know, it was. hard to remember how that happened, how, what. It was, uh, you know, was a lot of kind of winging it in those years. Uh, yeah, and some were. 
kind of were favored that could go on to school. That, uh, but they, not, it wasn't very long until they were getting real strict about it. You had to have a... And we, we sent kids around. We sent some to Helsbach. We sent oh. some to Kalasau. That one boy went to Kalasau. Yeah. And to Ulab. So they were sent, sent to the other it schools. It was uh, an ex, uh, exchange. And then we got some from Ega and Karawagi at Omkali, too. And we got some from Ogilving. Oh, yeah, Ogilving, A too. bunch came from Ogilving, and they brought a man along to, to be their... Um, Chaperone? <laughs> well, yeah, what do you call it when, the, when they... Not matron, but the dean of women. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And he w he was a sawyer. He well, he got a job, but he came for the purpose of taking yeah. care of those boys. Yeah, but he mm. was uh, with the saw crew. It, it, life was really interesting with all <laughs> this going on, you know. It was uh, not uh, dull at all. Well, sometimes there were problems with these outsiders, <laughs> but I, I think that was sort of a, 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 a sort of ambitious to get the people to have a little bit broader viewpoint to uh -huh. associate with other it, tribes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Well, we should probably talk about your medical work, too. Well, we can do that another time uh -huh. if you want to. Well, Let's do it now. Well, I... Let's turn it off. Now a little segment about the medical work. Yeah, I think that that none of you can ever believe that I did any medical work <laughs> because there's there's no evidence of it in our pictures at all. But I, I did write in my book that uh, Thursday, March 27th, that would have been 1940. 48, yeah. No, 49. Before we moved to Ega, 49. Oh. No, before we moved to Umpalai. Oh, oh. Thursday, March 27th, 1948, and this is the day that I launched on my medical career. I had two... At Ega? No, this is at Karawagi. 48? It must have been 47. I shut it off. And... I it's just not a very illustrious career, <laughs> but it was a lot of hard work, and we didn't have any any facilities. There was no kind of a clinic building, so I picked a little corner in a store shed that we had outside, uh, and uh, I fixed a table where I could boil my needles and have my syringes if I was going to give any any injections. But I can tell you I didn't have any medicines. What would I, what, what could I use? I had aspirin and I had some sulfur powder in little packages that the uh, army had used and I had some of that and I had uh, some sulfur I suppose it was sulfadimidine. I've forgotten which sulfur it was. 
There were two two of the schoolboys that agreed to help me. The one was Ambaindungwa and the other was Kunamba. And they really were a good help. They could uh, understand me a little better than than um, the people could. And, and uh, so that's how we got started. And uh, I had a, a few bags of, of bandages that we'd gotten from the mission. The women of the church had rolled these bandages and had them sterilized in bags. And they must have come to lay with the... Christmas cheer. But there hadn't been any Christmas cheer yet. So then they maybe were even pre-war. But uh, we had, and and there was a hospital close by and, and New, for New Guineans. And maybe Mr. Ball had let us have some bandages. I had some uh, uh, ichthyol, that's that black ointment that Fred uses for his cows. And... Um, I had some zinc oxide, and that was about the extent of my my supply of medicines. Potassium permanganate. Uh, there was I never used potassium permanganate except on myself. So some of these sores were so so deep and so so ugly, it uh, just looked as if we could never get them to heal. We cleaned the, around the edges and we'd clean the sore and uh, uh, bandage it and we'd put uh, sulfur powder on it and then um, put the ointment and a bandage and and they would go for a few days and come back again and we'd redress it and i don't know if very many came with the uh, uh, malaria i think i had mostly sores that i did all all this time. It wasn't very long until we moved to, um, well, it was a year until we moved to, to Aga, so I must have done it for about a year. When Dad went out to conference, I left Mary in the house with, with Domi Pai, and she was a little girl from, uh, the daughter of an evangelist from uh, the Madang circuit. And she was really a good except she let her do what she wanted to whatever she wanted to one time i dashed in the house i don't know why i did but i looked and here she was walking around the dining room table it wasn't exactly that dangerous but it was a little bit dangerous but um she she was pretty dependable and um i kept on fixing sores well anyway then we went to aga and uh, when I was at Aga, I did set up a little uh, dispensary out in the backyard. I I didn't do very much work there because there was a hospital right close by, and uh, uh, we would tell the people to go there. But then when we got to Onkali, then I I did begin more more medical work. We had hardly been there until there was a flu epidemic. And every morning we would wake up to somebody wailing and we knew that meant that, that uh, somebody in the family had died. And there were a lot of deaths. I went around and gave, as again, I had sulfa and aspirin and uh, I had some anti 
malarial, but I think it must have been antibrin that I had because we hadn't gotten any any uh, uh, Erlen by that time. So, and then they brought babies, they brought so many babies with pneumonia, and this went on, we got there in, in uh, October, and then uh, by the next, not the next Christmas, but was the next Christmas even, wasn't it, that Muyape got so sick? Oh. It wasn't the first, was it the first Christmas year? I think year? it might have been yeah. the first. Well, then we, we didn't have any penicillin, but we got word of that they had penicillin at Cook. Now, Cook was uh, how many miles away? Well, a hard day's walk. Hard, and, and, uh, and the, uh, we, they could get the penicillin by sending a runner to Cook. And so somebody went to Cook and then brought the penicillin back, and I had just a limited amount and I, I used I took three people and I used the penicillin I had for those three and they lived I think if maybe someone would have lived if we would have had more it was, penicillin you had to in inject it, didn't you? it was oh I had to inject it it was oil penicillin and I gave the injections what do you think they had Pneumonia? And yeah, yeah. And there were lots of babies that died at that time. I can just think of when when somebody came from a distance and had no place to stay, we let them sleep in the workman's house. And lots of times a mother came with her baby and and she didn't even have a, a rag to cover uh, put over the baby. She had a, a rain mat. You remember the rain mats that they used to make out of uh, uh, pandanas. pandanas? They saw, and then they put it over over their heads to keep a little dry. Well, she would lie down in inside that mat with her baby and try to keep the baby warm. And it was a, a really a, a sad experience. I. I gave as many things as I could. I suppose I could have even given all my blankets, but I, I didn't do that. I didn't think I was, should do that, but I gave all the little shirts and, and little uh, T-shirts and everything I could for these little kids. Well, anyway, that uh, was uh, the way we started at Onkali, and uh, we had been there... I don't know if I have the record of when I when Sue came, but we'd been there for a while, and Dr. Brown thought there was enough medical. Oh yes, I've kept a record of every treatment. I checked a, a list so that every sore I took care of, it was all checked and counted at the end of the month, and I sent it to the public health department. And then Dr. Brown decided that there was enough medical work there that we should have a trained uh, medical assistant and uh, Sue had had some training in Dr. Brown's class and uh, he sent sent him and, and his wife Kerimo to Onkali. Kerimo had, was, had had leprosy but she was being treated and uh, he said she very likely was a burned out case too. So she did her part in 
in helping the women when they had babies and she well she had any training as a midwife yeah they did give her a little like a crash course i don't know how crash but she did get some training and uh, when sue came that was really wonderful because we tried to keep ours in that clinic we would go over there i think about eight o'clock but it was kind of hard for me to to leave the house with all it was the kids. more like nine, wasn't it? Maybe nine. And um, I think he went earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I would, uh, uh, oh, before that, when I had my clinic in another place, uh, Kevarian was working in the kitchen. And one day I was going to give injections. I gave uh, inje uh, here I am uh, going to injections now. Well, anyway, I gave injections for yaws, and uh, I gave injections for leprosy. And um, one morning I went up to the, when I went to give injections, I, I never came back. I didn't want to touch the kids or anything with uh, the clothes I wore when I was working around sick people. So I uh, told Kevarion he'd have to take care of things. And when I was up there, I could hear this roaring, and I couldn't imagine what he was doing. And he had tied a rope to the baby stroller, and he was uh, like a pivot. He was in the stroller. In the stroller. <laughs> they were having an awful lot of fun. Ooh. But that's what? Tommy and... Mary and Tom, yeah, they were, then, <laughs> so he, at least uh, there was a little, some fun out of, out of it anyway. Well then, for the Oz, I gave uh, uh, Neo Salverson intravenous injections, and I, I didn't give any until I, I had my permit from the public health department to give intravenous injections, and then, then I started giving a lot of them, and uh, I, in my, in this record someplace, I have how many I took care of one day. I told you that how many there were, but I, well, someday when we make another tape, I'll, I'll give you some of those numbers. Then I gave uh, um, shalmugrel oil for leprosy and. Uh, yeah. Is that an injection too? Yeah, that's an injection, and uh, not intravenous, though, is it? No, that was uh, intramuscular, I believe. Yeah. But uh, I learned that too when I was in nurses' training that there are specifics for a specific for malaria is is uh, the cinchona tree, the quinine, and the specific for uh, leprosy was shalmugra oil that was made from. Uh, from a tree too, oh. and uh, that's that was what what we were supposed to use, and nobody even knows what I'm talking about when I mention it now. But uh, that I I did a lot of uh, sh shots for leprosy and lots for uh, yaws. Well, far and, more for yaws than. And these little babies, if you could see the mothers come with those little babies so covered with sores that they could hardly find a place to put their hands. 
and I'd give them one or two shots and their skin would begin to heal up and they looked so good. It was it was, yeah, it really was bismuth like, for the kids. That so. was bismuth sulfate that the kids got. It was like magic. You can't <laughs> believe it. And and, uh, and the adults too. Now they were they were worse. Most of them. Some of them had in the infection in their nose, and then it would wear away the the septum and uh, their nose, and they have a very very bad smell. And some of them had these uh, saber shins. The, the shins of their legs were pointed. And that was, uh, that it was because they had yaws and they had healed up. But after just a few years, the government, public health department again, sent a team through our area. We decided the other day that their first, their first, uh, 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 pro project was for TV, yeah. but then the second one was for yaws, and they gave them all massive doses of penicillin, and that's all. Well, this bismuth, this uh, one, uh, one dose. Everything else was was not used. Everybody got massive doses of penicillin, and and uh, there was the last years we lived at at Ongpali, we. We never saw yaws again. I think it was it's eradicated. Yeah. Well, I almost think so. It would be interesting to know. They, it was a, a wonderful thing. And the leprosy, we never really saw any dramatic uh, treatment uh, cures with leprosy. There was a a man that uh, that spent a lot of time on the edge of our our station all by himself he was leprous and he had to cook for himself and but he didn't get any better but then there's a little woman from Kaukau. we just to call used to call her the leprosy lady a little woman and her her toes had been almost all they'd been sores on them and so she hardly had she just had little little stumps so she could walk and uh, she had several children when we were there, and uh, Sui had her for a regular treatment when he started working there. Yeah, but by that time, wasn't it sulfatrone? Yeah, we didn't use, uh, Sui never, by the time Sui was there, we weren't using Shalmugrel oil anymore. They got a sulfatrone and then another one. Uh, um, a little later. Um, but then, um, at that time, that's when the government or the public health department built a big sanitarium near Hagen. Um, and all the lepers from all over the islands were supposed to go there. But by the, by, uh, about, about but the middle just of about the that time. time, then the sulfatrone was discovered and that could be administered outpatient. Yeah. So about the middle of this time that that uh, Sue was there, at first he didn't give Shalmugrel oil. I gave that. But by the he, they send. Uh, we didn't send anybody to uh, to Hagen. Maybe some went there that the yeah. public health department took. But then we got sulfatron. And uh, that you could give as an out, give uh, outpatient. 
uh, no, that, that you can use for a study. You can infect it oh, with, uh, like use, with leprosy. Like uh, they use mice. This is armadillo. Oh, that's interesting. For yeah. leprosy. Yeah. They never, never before had a, an a animal that they could use for this study. I used to get um, a pamphlet or little magazine, Leprosy News, wasn't it, from the uh, American Leprosy When you were out there? Yeah. Uh -huh. And then I kept on getting it and used to get it in, in Sherman. But there were, <clears throat> at that time, there were about 15 million lepers worldwide. And you know they had these effective cures. This sulfatrone was was pretty good, but then there was another one, a better one, that came out later, but was very expensive. So it was wasn't used very widely because of the expense. Lepers are mostly poor people. Mm -hmm. well, one other thing I thought about. I think it was Keith Ball that told me the biggest killers in New Guinea are the medical problem is pneumonia and was it malaria? Pneumonia, uh, pneumonia isn't really a, you don't think of it as a tropical disease. That's true. Yeah. But it was but, a big, bigger. But there was a lot of, that time we had that influenza. Um, epidemic. Uh, epidemic. It, there, there were so many sick people that it was just awful, and lots. You know, so it must be deaths. like um, almost not not quite as bad, but they tell about um, the Indians here how they how smallpox wiped them out. They have no immunity. Mm -hmm. Must have been the New Guineans didn't have much immunity to. To the influenza. Yeah, well, well some it, kind of uh, it was a virus. I it imagine, was a virus. And, yeah, and it was probably brought in by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, there was no chickenpox and there was no measles and there was no whooping cough in New Guinea when we came there. Uh, we uh, the first the first uh, measles we saw was when. Uh, um, Milan and his wife went to Moo, I think, to a uh, to do to a conference, and they came back, and she came and told me that uh, uh, Bonnie bon 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 had such a, a different sickness. Her skin is so red, mm. and so then they said there were some at that conference that were sick. So she had measles. Well, was that the first one? That's the first case of measles. And is that when we got it? No, we got it. At uh, you didn't get it then. No, the the first case of chicken. Maybe it was. No, it wasn't the chickenpox. You got chickenpox though. That was um, that was before. You hadn't even gone to school yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, uh, you and Tom and uh, Fred Fred had it. And Mark was born, I think, already. Yeah, uh, uh, vases were there. That's right. And uh, and uh, Dr. Ferrix came. He was a guest. He came for some reason. I just 
uh, I, I shouldn't say this against him, but I do will say it against him. Tom had some infected chicken pox on his chest, and it made him walk kind of like this. Like, and and uh, Reverend Frerichs sort of made made fun of him the way he was like a little old man. <laughs> and I felt so annoyed because I thought, he's so sick, do you have to make fun of him? <laughs> But then nobody got chickenpox, nobody in the village from you guys. But then later, uh, somewhere, Sue got it. He was an oh. older person. And uh, uh, he was real sick with it. Well, then uh, one of the men in the congregations at Sungamua got it. And this is the way he treated his sickness. He had was broke out all over. But he he went in and put mud on his body, covered his body with mud and let it dry, and uh, that healed it, and mm. took it off. And he didn't have all the scars that he Sui had, had some. gotten. He had, no, some. he had some, but not like Sue had gotten. Mm. So that's uh, that was his his treatment, and it was good. Mm. Now we're kind of here but and there and everywhere. Chicken pox spread quite a bit. There were lots of cases of chicken pox in the villages, weren't there? Yeah. But whooping cough they were able to, to, to control a little, I think. They had, by the time they got whooping cough, there were enough um, trained nurses' aides that they could send out to the villages and have uh, um, a, a, a whole, uh, what do you call it, uh, Massive treatment vaccination of program. Vaccination program. They send them out, and they would, uh, and then they started giving the kids. Uh, but more that, was, that wasn't real in the early years, was it? It was a little later, I, and I think there was. A I don't real, think they even had whooping cough in the early. But there was years. a real outbreak in the Hubei. I remember reading about that. That I think I don't know if hundreds, but many children died there. Well, that's what happened in our own country. There are people that that I knew. This Mr. Severson was older than I, but I'm really in in his generation. He said, "I carried two of my babies, and and watched them die from whooping cough." So. Old Severson. No, S. K. Severson. Oh. So it isn't that many years that that uh, we've been controlling whooping cough in in the U.S. I don't think. Yeah. There was there ever much smallpox? No, we never saw any smallpox, and they never, you know, they I could. I guess it was more or less well, people were vaccinated before they came. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There was everything. Yeah, we you, were vaccinated you, for everything. Typhoid fever, diphtheria, um, whooping cough, mm -hmm. smallpox, well, and and uh, Australia was was very particular about that. You had to have a a, a good scar, <laughs> so they knew you had been vaccinated. But we had a when I was in first or second grade, we had a smallpox scare in Denver. And uh, I think one of the they thought one of the teachers had it, 
So we had a mass vaccination program. I don't think we were, we didn't get vaccinations routinely, but then when this came up, mm -hmm. that's when we all, all got our smallpox. Well, when Julian and Willis were little, when they were babies, they had vaccinations, whooping cough, and I don't, you know, I didn't know if it was diphtheria and whooping cough and, and uh, uh, what's the other one? Tetanus. Tetanus. I didn't, I didn't know that, but I know they had shots for whooping cough. And when uh, Julian was in first grade and Willis was four years old, they both got whooping cough. And uh, they were really whooping and vomiting and, and uh, they shouldn't have gotten it, you know. Mm -hmm. But that shows that, that it isn't always effective. Maybe not the right strength or something. <clears throat> oh, almost. I think I can tell you how you kids are vaccinated. At least uh, Mary and Tom and Fred uh, when, when were vaccinated at Yagaum. Uh, when Mark was born, we were at Yagaum and the doctor suggested we stay a while uh, because it was kind of a long back, walk back from Ega to Onkali. So uh, uh, on, <laughs> you were all vaccinated, I suppose, on Saturday. Sunday morning we were supposed to go down to uh, Medang to church because Mark was going to be baptized that day. So uh, we all sat in chairs and and uh, you were getting sick, each one of you. Mary was getting sick. She sat down by my side, and and Tom leaned on me, and uh, Fred was sick. Uh, just because you'd had those vaccinations, and uh, I thought, well, For what? they were vaccinated. They had triple uh, antigen. They had uh, the one vaccination was for triple t t uh, for uh, whooping cough and tetanus and so on, and the other was a, um, a smallpox vaccination. And uh, I knew what was the matter. Then um, Kevadian went along with us on that trip. That's the only time he did. So he took Fred. Fred was not very big then. He took him and uh, went over to the guest house where Doris and Doug lived. and. Uh, he walked around with him a little bit, and, and he got him to go to sleep. And then that gave me a little more room to take care of uh, Mary, you and Mary and you, Tom, so that you got a little comfort. Uh, now that was, then later when... And it was a long service. It was a long service. Reverend Peck was the pastor, and Sam knows uh, how long he long-winded he can be. And, but he was a pretty good preacher, and uh, it was a nice service. And then the nice thing was that Doris was planning this, and not because of the baptism, but she was having a whole community gathering. And uh, Mary, Mary will enjoy hearing this. Uh, how old was she? She was uh, five? Oh. Almost six. Yeah, she was five going on six. 
and uh, the, the young boys, the little boys, had boats that they could uh, give rides in, and uh, uh, David Shear, David uh, Hartung was uh, giving Mary rides a lot that day, so she had a real good time. And she came in with her dress wet clear up to the waist, from the bottom clear to the waist. She'd gotten so wet out in the water. But they they had lots of fun, so it, it wasn't that bad. It, it turned out to be a fairly nice day. And then after that, when you had to have vaccinations, I just got them from the hospital and of a big or small village? Okay, that's a good question. Have another one. Where I grew up, when I was a little boy, was it? In New Guinea. In New Guinea? Yep. Well, all the villages really are fairly small, mm. and there, but there are many of them. I, I don't know. Maybe a couple hundred people in a village. How many people were right at Omkalai? Uh, within a within a half hour walk, about a thousand. But how about right on the station? Do you have any idea? We should add that up. Have Sometime. Just uh, well, well, when you count all the schoolboys, I suppose there was between a hundred and two hundred. And I've got another question. What kind of games did you guys have? Games? Well, we had uh, we had balls. We had a I think we had a softball and a bat and. Do you mean uh, in our family or in the school or? In our family, in our family, we had one game that the children liked, and that was like in the whole village or something. Oh yeah, well in our house, it was go to the head of the class. Everybody liked that, and then we had that one game password. We don't have that anymore. That was lots of fun, and then we played uh, uh, some. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Anti-I-Over. Oh, Anti-I-Over, yeah. That we played Anti-I-Over. Grandpa can tell you a story about when we played it. Do you know how to play Anti-I-Over? Nope. No? Well, Anti-I-Over is just played with a ball. You have two sides, one on each side of the house. And the one throws oh. the ball over the house, and the other side tries to catch it. And if one person catches the ball, they run like mad around the house and throw the ball at the people on the other side. But the people on the other side then run the other direction and come to safety on the other side. Well, Grandpa can tell one time he was playing anti-I-over. Yeah, we, you guys sort of know who Uncle Mux is? We might not have heard of him. Anyway, he was my brother-in-law. Like uh, Uncle Fred is your mummy's brother-in-law, and he was visiting us with his children, 
and we had all our children were home. It was at Christmas time. So one afternoon, just before supper, we were playing this game, anti over, throwing the ball over this, not the big house, but the guest house. And um, we were, the ball had been thrown, and we were running to the other side, and I wasn't looking, I guess, and ran right into Uncle Mux. And in my, I think, or here, my cheekbone hit his head. <laughs> and um, it really hurt. I think his head hit your cheekbone, maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, we could feel that there was something broken. So then I had to go out, get the plane, go out to the hospital and have it this the bone is called the zygoma zygoma that's your hygiene lesson anatomy lesson it had to be put in place but where the, did you go you gone you're gone was it that day or the next day the next day or maybe even i don't know the next day the next day and then the next day was and then the next day was New Year's Day. So Uncle Mux and, uh, and I had celebrated New Year's Day together with all of you kids. There were 10 kids. In one house. He had three and we had seven. Okay. That was 12 people. And, and then, yeah, now she has one. And then Grandpa stayed till, and he was all right then, you know, after New Year's. New Year's Day, the plane didn't fly, so the next day he came home then. Huh. I just remember all the fireworks there at Yagam. Oh, really? Yeah. On New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Uh, not so much fireworks, but firecrackers. Huh. Yeah. <coughs> but in the village, the game that they played the most was kick, kickball. It's a sort of soccer. But oh, I love that game. It's like baseball. It's sort of like baseball, right? Well, no, it's more like soccer. Football. They kick the ball. They didn't always have a real ball, but they'd make a ball out of out of uh, string or fibers. From leaves, the banana tree. Roll leaves they together. Would, can, could get long fibers from the banana tree and then they'd start with a little uh, something in the center and then they'd wind it around and around just like when your mother winds up yarn around and around and around and around and then finally they'd have a big ball like that and that was their they they always made their own toys I think I know what it is um is it like is there two teams and um, someone kicks the ball and the person and the person on the other team catches it and then the person who catches it kicks it back? Do I don't know if they let them catch that. Do they have to hit the ball with their head? No. Don't oh, okay. Them. I thought they did. What year was that accident with Mux? Christmas? Must have been uh, 59. Christmas 59. Yeah, your first... You were not a year old yet. 
No, I was born in 58, so I was almost two years old. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay. Another question. What were the names of the villages you guys stayed in New Guinea? And how long were you at each one? Well, the first, we call them, where the missionaries lived, we call those stations rather than villages. That's, that's just the way we talked. And the New Guinea people lived in villages, but some of them lived on the station too because they were workers. Uh, the first one where we lived together was Karawagi. We were there, well, I got there in June 1946, and Grandma came in October 1946 with Aunt Mary. Aunt Mary was a little baby then, couldn't even walk. And we were there until, uh, until February 1948, then we moved to a place called Ega. That was spelled E-G-A, Amy. <coughs> and we were there only about six or seven months, and then we moved to this new place where no missionaries had ever lived before, and that was Omkalai. And we lived in a grass house had grass walls and grass roof and bamboo woven bamboo floor first we didn't even have a real kitchen we grandma cooked over a like a campfire when you go uh, hiking and we lived there until until um August 1967. So from October of 48 till 1967. 19 years we were there. Did you see that real quick? And then where did you go? Boo! <laughs> <laughs> and then, Boo! No, no. Then where did you go? Well, then we were went back to America for two years. And we lived in. Minneapolis, and then in uh, July 69, we went back to New Guinea, and then we lived at Rintabay. We lived there until December 71. And then we lived in Goroka for about four or five months, and then we went <coughs> on a long trip through um, Asia and Europe, and then to America. Your mother and Uncle Sam were with us. Just Grandpa, Uncle Sam, your mom, and I. We traveled together, all four of us. It was a very, very nice trip, very far. We went, like we're saying, to to uh, India. We went to, to uh, Thailand and uh, Hong to Kong. Hong Kong, Let's and then Hong, Hong Kong, Thailand, India, then uh, um, 
Rome. Stopped in. No. Stopped uh, in Iran. Iran, Tehran, yeah, and uh, Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. All these places that you read about in the paper now, with all this fighting and dis discontent. Okay, that's all. Anyway, your mother can can tell you what kind of a trip. I have a big scrapbook over. You said you had another question. Ask it. How many times did you go back and forth from New Guinea and then to America? The well, first time we came back was in 1953. That's one. Then in 1954, we went back to New Guinea. Stayed there until <coughs> until August 61. And then uh, in uh, summer of 62, we went back, and we were there until uh, July 67. And we were here for two years. Then in uh, 69, we went back for three years, and then came back in 72 after that long trip. And then and there's, we went back in 77. Yeah. Five, five years in South Dakota, and then in 77 we went back for three years. Yeah, that's this many. Five times. Anything else? Yes. What were most of the houses made of in New Guinea? Well, the, the, most of the village houses are made of, uh, the fr framework is made of posts, um, and some of them are, aren't very high. Um, you can't, the door isn't even, well, a child can get in, go in the door without stooping over, but an adult would have to stoop over. And there are no windows. They have fires inside for warmth, and but um, there's no chimney, so the smoke just goes through the grass roof. But then there are some some houses that are like in, there's a difference between the mountain area and the coastal area. In the coastal area, they build their houses on posts and have a raised floor, and they have openings for windows at least, but there's no glass. And there the roof is made of sago palm leaves. Like coconut sort of, isn't it? Yeah, like those, the leaves of a coconut tree. But then the, we missionaries lived in houses with board floors and plywood walls and and uh, plywood ceilings, uh, corrugated iron roofs. You've probably never heard the rain on a corrugated iron roof. It's really loud. <laughs> sort of sounds like 
the drain over here. Drip, drip, drip. We had had a rain like like we saw it when we waited down there at Byerly's. It would really roar on the roof. Ooh. The nice. first time I ever heard it was in uh, when I was in Australia. Was, uh, I stayed in Australia for about three months. And I remember one night, this place, parsonage where I was staying, it started to rain and it was really loud. You can't even, we couldn't talk like this. You'd have to shout to hear yourself over the, the no noise of the... Like this? Yes. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I have a question about yods and leprosy. How many uh, how many cases of yods and leprosy do you think you saw? Well, you know, I I, I have a, a in my my book I have a record of of uh, that. I'm going to have to find it. At uh, how many I wrote how many how many patients we saw. At how did you time. know how to diagnose it? Had you learned yeah. that in nurses' school? No, I hadn't learned anything about yaws. I had no idea that there was such a thing as yaws. But it was similar to, it was a, a, uh, treated with uh, the same medicine as, um, um, uh, what, uh, what, uh, syphilis. And, uh, it was not a, a venereal disease, but syphilis is. And, uh, and then uh, it, uh, the doctor, Dr. Brown, that he gave us the instructions to, to how to use, how, what to give. And uh, now they would laugh at such treatment, and the same with leprosy. Even when I was in training, we learned that there are specific medicines, like for Malaria, quinine is the specific. For yaws, shalmugrel oil is the specific. No, that's leprosy. A leprosy, did I say yaws? No, leprosy is shalmugrel oil. Well, that just is not used anymore. They have much better treatments. But the leprosy, uh, it's, uh, it's, it uh, really had a lot of symptoms. One thing was... Uh, if they're kind of long-standing cases, they lost their eyebrows. And uh, they, they had sores that just didn't respond to normal treatments. You use ointments and they, they didn't respond. And, and they had a, a numbness in their fingers. Maybe I have leprosy. <laughs> and uh, they... Uh, kind of white spots? Sometimes, they, yeah, they get these white spots and, and sometimes these spots, when you when you would put water on them, it would kind of look like uh, it, like it uh, uh, didn't, didn't, it didn't, uh, wet. It didn't get wet, it just rolled off. So it sort of, um, like there was oil, beaded, uh, beaded, beaded. yeah, like oil in the, in the skin. And, uh, Did it rain? Uh, is, it is, is it on? Mm -hmm. Oh, they were treated like they were outcasts. They uh, couldn't live right in the village. They would make a house 
on the edge of the village, and they live there. And For both leprosy and yaws? No, leprosy. Yaws was a was a uh, leprosy was a was a, uh, a hard disease to take care of because it there was this, you know, these sores never healed, and and uh, they would smell and. Their fingers, the story is that when people had leprosy, their fingers would fall off, you know. But that's not what happened. It's that it just wasted away the the, the muscle. So did, did Dr. Brown then teach you the yeah, signs yeah, and symptoms? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, he, we, we had a manual. He gave, he compiled a, a kind of a quick man, a manual of tropical medicine. And he had the dosage of things in that too, and even for just common colds, he he would he gave a you had that in his manual. Yeah, that manual was that ready when we? Yeah, it had a a big a black cover from X-ray film. Huh. <laughs> so yeah. you had that right at the beginning then. Well, at, at Omkali or. Karawagi. right away. I didn't have it at Karawagi. At Karawagi, I, I didn't have a really. It wasn't. There weren't the health conditions. There uh, was a, a a trained medical assistant close by, so anything real serious, we sent over to him. And we didn't have any much medicine. It's just aspirin. I, mean, I don't think there was leprosy there. I had so I had a sore that I'll I never will forget. I we were going to to uh, Asaroka. We were going to have a Highlands conference. And what year was this? That was f just before Tom was born. Forty-seven. July. Before I went, yeah. I shaved my my legs, and I nicked my heel with the razor. And uh, we got to Garoka and and. I, there was a fly hanging around my heel, and I kept shaving, brushing it away, and and then when I got home, I had a, a really full-blown uh, tropical ulcer, and then I hadn't any medicine, so I put some zinc oxide on it. That didn't help, and I washed it and soaked it, and and finally, Dad wrote to the. We called him the Lick Lick doctor, the medical assistant across, and he said the best would be to pack it with potassium permanganate and leave it on. I think he gave it was the, about that size. Wasn't oh, it wasn't that big. No, give the, oh, the size of a quarter. Gave the uh, hour or the days, you know, two days or one day or one night or something. <laughs> and I did, and and you know that was it. Just ate away my. We ate away all the the bad stuff. It hurt so terribly. Oh, it hurt so awful. Well, finally, then uh, I could take it off, and and I dressed it again with my zinc oxide. And he came over, and Dad told him about it, and he said, "Oh my goodness, I didn't think that it was for her that you were asking." He said, "Well, I thought." Why would he want to do that kind of a treatment on New Guinea people? If <laughs> that sounded really funny, but anyway, that that healed up. I got to that's just before Tom was born. I went to lay, and incidentally, I heard uh, Queen Elizabeth's wedding while I was waiting in lay. I sat in the, with my feet up like I do yet, and and. Uh, 
heard the wedding. And then I went on to, to Finchhofen with Mary, and uh, they looked at my sore and they put sulfur uh, powder on it. It's healed up within a, you know, I had cleaned it out real good. <laughs> but now it just had to heal, finish. Yeah. So, so how about, how about yaws? How was that treated? Uh, I, it was treated with a, a Neo Salverson, uh, and the adults got intravenous injections, and the children got um, intramuscular injections of uh, uh, um, uh, bismuth. And it was just like magic. You wouldn't believe it. Those little kids had sores all over them, and two or three shots, and they should have, I think it was four or five, I forget which. Right. Uh, and those sores would begin to, to dry up, and the mothers, you know, they were so thankful because they, their babies were hard to handle. They didn't have nice blankets or anything. They just handled the, the naked baby. How did you give intravenous? Intravenous. <laughs> directly? Right into the vein, yeah. Really? If any, if ever anybody winced, you know, and said, oh, no, no, I didn't make them, I'd say, you know, if they wanted, okay. But two injections and they were so much better. They got, their noses were affected sometimes. They'd get uh, the, the uh, this disease, uh, it works on the, uh, on the soft, tissue like in the nose and uh, where else did they have deformities well, well another thing they got was the shin bones they uh, yeah call that. their legs were affected their 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 legs were like this not not the shin not bones. like this but the leg was this way and the shin bone was protruding was sticking out that way and uh, Oh, they were, I don't really know if they so had did a... did the medicine reverse that, or was that permanent? No, that it didn't. It just did away with it, the sword. It, that was permanent. We couldn't do anything with things like that, no. So is yaws extinct but now, do you think? I, I can't, I don't think I anyone can imagine how many people came for medical treatments. I, it just, you know, it just so, there were... We were the only medical station, and there were how many thousand people in that valley? Twenty thousand, at least. And uh, they they would come with their sick babies. They'd come with their sick old people. I think that they didn't they didn't bring as many old people as they should have. I think the you know they felt well they're old and they're going to die so. Was that a government program, or was it the mission? Oh, that was the mission. Yeah, the government. Did you get any government funding? I mean, I know you said on we, the, we, that first tape that the baby feeding, you got the sunshine yeah. milk from and, and we later, I had to send a report, a monthly report, and then they, and then I would have a requisition sheet, and I sheet, and I could get. Um, almost any sterile water and and uh, medicines uh, but it came, sofa. It came through your gum I think no uh, I don't think so penicillin at first, and at first it did at first it might have but later we got it directly and then sun we'd get sunshine milk so how many syringes and needles did you have 
Oh, boy, I didn't have very many. I boiled them. I, you know, each... I don't know if I had... the prime was going constantly. I don't know. Maybe I had six. I got more later, but I didn't have many to start with, and the needles I didn't have. But I never give anybody a shot without, with an unboiled needle. Never. But the thing is, I mean, people will say, well, how do you know that was that was good enough? Well, it wasn't, maybe, but... The best you could do. I didn't have a... I, I did uh, sterilize something in the oven one time. I can't remember what that was. I baked it in the oven to sterilize it. I think it was a, some... A bandage? Might have been a pad or, you know, a bandage. I, I can't remember, but Sui was there, and, and uh, I told him I would sterilize it like that. So how many people do you think you saw on a, in a day on an average? Oh, sometimes we had... Hmm, what would you say? I, well, I, I think I injections, you would have 20 or yeah. 25 injections. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but that was only one day a week, wasn't it? Yeah, that was one day a week. But we would have 40 or 50 people. They'd come and... And, and then on baby clinic days, we had lots of women brought their babies. They, they just liked that. I had a baby scale I got when you were born. And um, I put the babies on a baby scale, and they just liked so much what that did to the baby. But then we looked at, and that Sui helped too, we looked at the babies, and if they had any sores, or if they seemed to have a cold, or, and then I would talk about feeding the babies, that when they could start giving the baby some mashed sweet potatoes, or some egg, or... One time I said something about egg, and they said, uh, you know, they remembered I'd told them that before. And, and uh, I told them that they, cooked, they knew how to cook eggs in a leaf. And so that's what they would do, and then mash it up. And, but uh, mostly the babies had mother's milk. Did you keep track of weights, or...? Oh, a little bit, but not very much. I, that was too too irregular to keep track of them. I kept track of the babies that I was bottling, then to see how they were doing. Weights. Yeah, they they when I bottled them, I just I washed the <laughs> bottles and boiled them, and then I filled them with the milk and put the mil put the bottle in a saucepan of cold water on the back porch. There, okay. Boy, you should get those figures about the yaws. I mean, I have something else to say. I was uh, going to mention one thing. It was Irma Matias that told us about the lack of eyebrows. As, uh, yeah, well, we had a, we thought he had leprosy. He was living in a hut just out, just to the side of our place. And so we asked Ian Erna to come and and kind of clinch that diagnosis and and so she came and and then she said well you see he doesn't have any eyebrows so what's your question for I got another question did they have TVs back then <laughs> no way Jose <laughs> okay. I've got another one 
Do they have karate and taekwondo and martial arts? No, they had their own martial arts. <laughs> what was that? What was their martial arts? Fighting with bush knives and uh, spears, wooden spears. Yeah. What were um you guys' favorite games to play um outside um outside? Well, uh, our family really enjoyed playing um, softball. That was really a favorite game, and the the. The schoolboys used to come and and uh, play with them. We they played together really, and and uh, they had lots of fun with softball. And uh, actually, that was the main the main. It was once in a while we played volleyball. We had a, a net and and we'd play volleyball. And uh, one thing that we used to do when when our kids came home from for holiday then. The day before they went back to school, I'd have a party for all the, the kids in the village, and and we used to have a peanut hunt. We'd hide peanuts around in the yard, in the grass, you know, and then they'd all hunt for peanuts. And you think, oh, they, they, they like this game of, uh, uh, what do you call that? You're pulling a rope. Uh, tug of war? Tug of war. Oh, yeah. They really like that tug of war. I don't know why. We used to go on hikes, too. Oh, we were, yeah. We hiked wherever we went. That was our life. That's why I don't feel like walking much anymore. <laughs> One thing they did at the government stations on yeah. the holidays would be to... Uh, they put up a tall pole and grease it with, I don't know, pig grease, lard, or, and then people tried to climb the pole, the grease, climbing the greased pole. So that'd be like trying to go up the swing pole, but about twice that height with grease on it. And they put both their legs around the pole and their hands. They, 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 they really had the knew how to do it. Um, and that was that was a good game. Were there any other? Well, and then in the house, in our house, with the kids, we played all the usual games. You know, as Scrabble and uh, Racco and that go to the head of the class and password and uh, Chinese checkers and plain checkers. One, I think it didn't last more than about a year, but one year the women started playing softball. Oh, yeah. Village women. Um, married women. I know it, it was a real craze, like crazes around here, fads around here. And there, in every village square, there would be a ladies' softball game going on. The men didn't. I they were real good at it too, you know. And 
I, and they even they neglected their work. I I thought I should do something for the young women, you know, the big girls. So I told them they could come and and I would get some materials out and they could do a little sewing. They could start hemming little cloths or something, and so I had I had them come to the front porch. And I put the st and then I put National Geographic's out for entertainment. They could look through them, you know. And uh, boy, they I had more than I could handle almost. And then after a certain time of sewing and looking at the magazines, they went down to the airport and played softball. Oh, really? And boy, they just loved it. Yeah. Huh. Where did the bats come from? We had the bats. No, they made their. We had. We had the bats. Out in the villages, I'm sure they just made, cut a stick and. Hmm. Um, they were what you'd call real sluggers. Really. Uh, Is there see. any more, Frederick? Yeah. What's Chinese checkers? Chinese checkers is uh, what is it? Um, uh, is it a, a it's a six six, uh, eight point. six pointed board um, with holes a, a star a six pointed star and then there are a board like that and then there are holes in the board and uh, there's marbles for to put in those holes on the board. Um, I think it's ten marbles in each of one of those points. And the object of the game is to move all of your marbles from your point to the point right across from you. You jump, jump. You can jump. You well, you can move one at a time too. But you can jump two. If there are empty spaces, you can jump as many spaces as. Haven't you ever played that? I think we have it with a, with magnet. We'll have to dig that out. It's a little a little game, unless yeah. Just a little bit left on this side. Anything else? No. Now, do you understand the Chinese <laughs> checkers a little bit? No. Have to get them. Some. Do you guys, did you guys um, do jump rope and hopscotch? Oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, jumping rope was popular. Hopscotch, I, did you play hopscotch? It's called stone. Yeah, yeah, they played with stones, but like, yeah. Like uh, jacks. Huh? But you oh, learned to yeah. jump rope when I was a little kid, yeah. didn't you? I, we made it in the dirt. You have two, one, two two spaces, one space, two spaces, and then you put a stone on one place, and then where there was a stone, you could only jump with one foot. Then you'd go to the next one, and you had to stay within the line. So what's See, that? That's a good game. I never knew that you played that. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. They, the, the, the New Guinea kids, and I'll say the New Guinea children, were pretty just, creative. Just like like the children here, they like to play games and and they they like to run races and they like to. They had they didn't have they had their own games too that they played. They played jacks with stones. 
Yeah. And they were lots of fun. They another thing they they laughed a lot. What about what was your question, Freddie? How did the stones bounce? Well, you, you just had to pick them up. You had to pick them up. You didn't let a ball bounce. You just, just picked them up like just shit. like how do you eat those stones? <laughs> oh, Frederick. Mm. Well, is that finished now? Yeah. Um, <coughs> finish I, it I was off. thinking of something. No, one more like. thing. <laughs> yeah, they, but they were real creative at making toys out of bush things. They didn't have, they couldn't go to Toys R Us or Target, so they made their own. And one of the things that they really liked to make was a, a toy plane. They could see planes, well, even before they landed at Omkali, they could see them in the air, and they would make a the body of the plane uh, would be a, a little length of bamboo or something, and they'd make the wings and the wheels. The, the little girl, some, you know, have you seen how they carried dent bags? Have you shown her? The little girls would sometimes have their mother or dad, I don't know who, they'd make a kind of a doll with a with a corn cob or something, you know, and just a, a little figure. And then she'd put that in her net bag and her mother would carry her baby and the little girl would carry her net bag. So they, they, they didn't have any dolls and we never made any effort to get dolls for them. It wasn't, they had their own toys. We didn't have to impose our toys on them. Everyone, I hope that you enjoyed our session. This is now uh, September 11th, 2002. There's just a little bit left on this side of the tape that we made when uh, uh, Lois and the children were here last month. Um, we'll do the other side of the tape now and uh, then we'll get send it on its way first to Sam I suppose and um, and then it'll make its rounds so that's all for this side and uh, one question one question I have are the tapes going around to everybody and is there any response? We we haven't heard any feedback at all or on the on these, so just let us know if you get them and hear them.